0: What's happening, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Twisted News. We have an episode today for those interested in hearing about serial killers, so I hope you're up for that. First up, we're looking into an interesting case which no one seems to be talking about. It's about an active serial killer possibly working out of Chicago. Then, we're going to get you all up to date on the Idaho quadruple killing that happened back in November. So get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted News. Number one, active Chicago serial killer. There's a lot of reasons why an individual doesn't want to talk about certain subjects. Maybe it's uncomfortable or embarrassing or it triggers past traumas and unwanted memories. And that's understandable. However, it's something entirely different and even reckless when the media law enforcement, and government chooses not to talk about an issue. And that's exactly what we have here in our first story for this week. Because lately, there have been an alarming number of deaths happening in and around the greater Chicago area, and the victims? Able-bodied young white men who are in their 20s to early 30s. Now, if you're an avid listener of us or of true crime in general, And you're probably familiar with how different murder cases become classified as becoming serial killings. And one of the most important clues to clump a series of killings together is the pattern of who, where, and how the crime's being committed. This series of killings that's been happening in Chicago certainly ticks some of the boxes, and so it should be getting more attention. One of the more recent cases here happened just this past December 17th when 25-year-old Peter Salvino, a doctorate student at Northwestern University, attended a house party on North Geneva Terrace. He seemed to have a good time there, but once he left, that was the last time anyone saw him. Immediately the next day, he was reported missing by family and friends. Investigators were also able to find the last location where his cell phone pinged which was near Diversi Harbor, which is a short distance away from the party he was at. Three days later, on Tuesday, December 20th, just past five in the afternoon, marine units assisting in the search then found Peter's remains in Lake Michigan along the 2400 block of North Cannon Drive. And this location was not far from where his cell phone ping last as well, The autopsy on his remains are still pending and authorities haven't released information regarding his cause of death, but Peter's passing was the second death that happened in Lake Michigan in just that month. On the 7th of December, officers responded to a call about an unresponsive young man found in those waters near the 1000 block of North Ducible Lake Shore Drive. He was brought to a nearby hospital but unfortunately didn't survive was identified as 21-year-old businessman Christoph Subert, who had just started working in the Chicago area a month prior. Investigations revealed that the last time Christoph was seen was the evening of December 3rd, when he was at a holiday party happening at Howl at the Moon. Several people saw him there at the bar, but no one knows exactly when he left. The next day, his friends checked in to see if he was back at his place, but found his room empty. The two deaths have not been officially linked, but there are obvious similarities. Young men who were at parties, gone missing, and later found in the same body of water. Perhaps these two men somehow accidentally fell into the waters. That is perhaps unlikely, but certainly possible. But it's when you extrapolate on this pattern and see that there's been a number of similar deaths happening in the area, it becomes harder and harder to justify these as unfortunate mistakes. And Peter's death is unofficially ranked as the 11th young white man to have died in those waters in 2022 alone. Now, there may be valid reasons why these cases aren't considered connected by authorities. Things like no signs of a struggle and no evidence like DNA since the water washes it away. There may also be something in the works secretly, maybe an intensive investigation involving these cases that they don't want their suspects and persons of interest to know about, which makes them feel confident and more likely to slip up. It's also possible that it's purposely being ignored by authorities by not tagging them as connected, as to avoid causing public fear that may end up being unnecessary. But still, it's not hard to blame people who may think that these cases are connected. It's a good thing for Chicagoans to be aware of it, at the very least. We all hope that there isn't an actual serial killer targeting young men in Chicago, but if the speculations are proven true, then getting the word out is one of the best offenses the community as a whole can have. Number two, Brian Koberger caught. Just a few weeks back, we shared with you the tragic case of four college students in Idaho who were stabbed to death as they slept in their apartment near the University of Idaho. The students were identified as Ethan Chapin, Zainer Karnadal, Kaylee Konkows, and Madison Mogan, and they all lived in a six-bedroom rented house with two other roommates who survived the entire ordeal. In this update, authorities now have the suspect in their custody, and an affidavit regarding the case has been made available to the public. 28-year-old fellow student Brian Koberger was arrested on December 30, 2022, and is considered the main suspect in the killings. He's now being charged with four counts of first-degree murder and one count of burglary, and Brian was a Ph.D. student studying criminal justice, no less, at Washington State University. During the first month of the investigation, it appeared to the public like authorities had no leads, but behind the scenes, they were building their case against Koberger, which we'll discuss here. The murders occurred sometime between 4 to 4.25 in the morning on November 13, 2022, as testified by one of the surviving roommates, who was only identified in the affidavit as D.M., According to her, after multiple commotions in the house, everything from her housemates arriving home late, Santa's DoorDash delivery arriving two hours late, and Kaylee playing with her dog in her bedroom. It wasn't all that out of the ordinary in a house of six for there to be activity happening at all hours of the night. But a different noise seemed to take place that caught DM's attention. From her bedroom, on the floor above, DM said she heard Kaylee say, There's someone here, to another roommate, who was later identified as Madison, as both their stabbed bodies were found by police in the bed in Kaylee's room. At the time, DM opened her bedroom door to take a peek in the hall, but found nothing. The next thing she heard was crying, followed by a male's voice saying something similar to, It's okay, I'm going to help you. When she opened her door again, she was able to see a glimpse of the masked intruder who was about to exit through the sliding glass door. DM described the intruder as a man dressed in black with a mask covering his nose and mouth. He also clearly recalled that he had bushy eyebrows. It appeared that the man didn't notice her as DM was able to lock herself in her room as the man walked away. Investigators later found a shoe print outside DM's room as well as the knife sheath, which was left behind. Soon enough, they were able to find DNA on that sheath. On several security cameras from around the home as well, they also saw the suspected intruder that matched the witness's statement, as well as the vehicle he drove. Brian drove the same Hyundai Elantra the police were on the lookout for, but around five days after the killings, he changed his license plates from Pennsylvania to Washington State plates. Authorities also learned that his cell phone pinged at least 12 times in the area where the victims lived between the 23rd of June and the night of the murders, meaning most likely he was stalking and casing the house. After an intensive search, an arrest warrant was finally secured by authorities, and Brian was then taken into custody on December 23rd. During interviews, they learned that according to Brian's classmates, the change in his demeanor was quite apparent and the killings were discussed in the classroom. They noted that the once-talkative classmate had now become quiet and reserved. It was also revealed that before the murder, Kaylee actually mentioned to some family and friends that there was a possibility she had a stalker. And further digging into Brian's Instagram account showed that he had slid into her DMs. She never responded, and... He never said anything inappropriate, basically things like, "Hey, how are you?" But the scary part is, he messaged her over and over again without any replies back. This case has been highly publicized and for good reason. And the trial of Brian Kohlberger is sure to be followed closely as well. So there were two of the latest disturbing pieces of news around. If you guys enjoyed this, please make sure to check out our other episodes. And remember to subscribe because we're putting more out every single week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you soon.